0: Welcome back to Decomposition. My name is Mernal.
1: And I'm Anjali.
0: And this is the show where we talk about music, we dive into themes, we dive into lyrics, we dive into music theory, and most importantly, we discuss why we love the songs that we love. But today, we are finishing out our special series on Taylor Swift's Eros Tour.
1: Yep, this is our second episode going through the set list, but the third episode about the tour overall. And it is the final one. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, they've been a little long, but uh, we're hoping you're enjoying the uh, the detail that we're going into. Um, yeah. And if you're not, I don't know why you're listening. Uh,
2: <laughs> We've gotten
0: good feedback on the first two so far, so...
1: Yeah, but definitely from, like, Taylor Swift fans, which... Um, that's great. That's that's who we're here to that's please. That's the
0: target demographic, <laughs> the right, scenario. for these episodes?
1: We're becoming a Taylor Swift podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much.
0: And if it's too long, you can blame Taylor for putting a three-and-a-half-hour concert yeah, out. Yeah,
1: this one's on her.
0: <laughs> so okay. um, last episode, we ended with uh, Speak Now. Um, yeah,
1: we've gone yeah. through half of the eras. Uh, first five we covered in the last episode, and now we're going to go from the... Red Era to Midnight's, which yeah. is the one that ended it. So
0: if you're a fan of Lover, Fearless, Evermore, Reputation, or Speak Now, check out last episode. Mm-hmm. But from here, we are starting from Red.
1: Yeah, and the Red Era started with the song 22. Um,
0: Missed Opportunity. This is the uh, 21st song in the set list.
1: I it's don't think me. she ever misses an opportunity. Okay.
0: Well, Clearly. It could have been the 22nd song. You could have switched the the, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. I just want
1: to know who was counting during the concert. Like, how would she have brought... How would you bring the attention to This Is The Nth Song in a... No, no, no. Over 20
2: You don't bring the attention
0: to it. But when fans like us put together a podcast, then we would have realized it. It would have been a little Easter egg.
1: So for us.
0: Yes. That's what I wanted.
1: You know, you just became, like, a Taylor Swift fan, and, like, you were already putting on demands. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, I, isn't I that just, the epitome
1: you... of what a Taylor Swift fan does, though? was like, put unreasonable demands on yeah. Taylor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is my demand that any time she plays the song 22, it has to be the 22nd song in the set list.
1: Okay. <laughs> you cancel yourself sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is my show. <laughs>
1: is- I cancel the show. <laughs> No, you're just a guest, actually. Thank you for joining us. Oh. When I say us, I mean me and my multiple personalities. Oh. Should we maybe go on with the song, though? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I am not a huge fan of the Red album. Hot take. Uh, Well, no, no, let me say that again. I am a huge fan of like the other songs on it, but the ones that were like the most popular from it are the most grating upon my ears. I will sing every word, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I am not like, they're incredibly catchy songs, but like, I, I'm just not feeling 22 anymore, you know?
0: Okay. Well, (laughs) I will have to disagree. I absolutely love the Red Era. This is my favorite era.
1: Well, I like like State of Grace and like the more intricate songs that she has like All Too Well and, um, what's the other one? treacherous is that from this album yes i think so yeah so i'm just like those are my songs where i'm like ooh, this is a good one like she has some no. astounding songs on this album but it's just not 22 for
0: no me. but i think you're missing the point the red era is about one thing and that is fun and these songs are all top fun
1: yeah i'm not arguing the point that they're not what they were intended to be i think Mm -hmm. she hit every mark she's ever aimed for yeah but i think that for me personally is not i'm not feeling them
0: okay well i'm sad because these were the songs that she kind of did shortened versions of
1: (laughs) that made me happy
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, I i don't know if you've seen that um reel of taylor where she's in dance practice and she's missing the moves and she's like Oh, um, it's because all the lyrics are the same, and I know that's my fault.
1: Yeah, that was um, during practice for one of the reputations also. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. I would have assumed it was one of these songs, because it's, these are very repetitive songs at the end of the day. I
1: think it was for Look What You Made Me Do.
0: Which is also very repetitive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, uh, the songs that she did do, um, the first three were 22, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, and I Knew You Were Trouble, which... Certified bangers, all of them.
1: Certified bangers. Um, I will also say that she knows when to cut a song. Like, I think that she did a really good job uh, keeping these short and sweet so that we could, like, kind of move through them in a way that kept the energy up. Yeah. Because I think if you'd done all three full length, you, you can't. There's only a certain amount of time you can play, like, dance music for. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, yeah. keep that hype up for that long. And she
0: didn't really stop between these songs. She kind of just ran through she these. She went straight through, yeah. And, you know, one, you're saying, yes, it's more entertaining that way. But two, um, she kind of had to save room for 10-minute version of All Too Well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because she went for the
0: long one there.
1: Yeah. Which was... That was really fun to sing along, to. I really yeah. enjoyed the fact that she went full 10 minutes on that and, because, like, that really deserved it.
0: And this is the first tour since the 10-minute version came out, right?
1: Yeah, and the movie and everything else that she created. With yeah. It. Yeah, that's that's why I think she's really honored it in this era for sure.
0: Yeah. This was my favorite era. I had so much fun. Like, can you just imagine the—you're dancing, these are bangers, and just she just keeps going, keeps them coming, and then— Uh, hits you with all too well while is a very sad song is one of those songs that you just have to sing along to Mm, yeah like after um what was the one i mentioned last episode you belong with me this is the song that i most have to sing along with is all too well okay it's like it's just the the way the melody the guitar the the vocal performance she puts on the way it all comes together just make this like irresistible i feel like
1: yeah, and it's another one where the outfit change. I didn't even notice that it happened. Yeah, because it was so fast.
0: Yeah, to be fair, I'm also a really big fan of the outfits in the in this era. Like oh yeah, the, um, the the bowler hat and all that is really fun. All of it's uh, kind of fun. I know? really
1: liked the gradient uh, black to red leotard.
0: Yes, and then yeah, with yeah, the yeah.
1: cape that she adds onto it for the uh, all too well. Yeah, yeah, like that huge like I, what would you call it a cloak.
0: Yeah. Something a cape.
1: It's it's massive and it has sleeves. I think.
0: Yeah, and has a uh, a train, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, it's gorgeous and uh, sparkly and Mm -hmm. everything, and red and black are my like, like that's a great mix of colors for me. I really love those. Yeah. Um, I think that this is also the one uh, when when she sings twenty two, she goes and she puts a hat on somebody at the front of the stage, who is somehow selected. And I don't know who those people are, and I don't know why they are so blessed to get hats on them. But um, good, good for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a cool fan interaction moment, right? Yeah,
1: I don't know how it happens. Like, I'm genuinely like, I don't understand the, um, you know, the backstage of it all. Of like, how did they say this person today? Like, some people it makes sense. Like, there's some famous people that yeah. pop up. Isn't it
0: always like a famous person? Like somehow again, I don't know how city? it's okay. I don't know how it's decided. Yeah.
1: So, like, when she knows the people, like, she'll have them come out and do that. But then, yeah. like, you know, I, I don't understand it. it.
0: This is the that's the crux of the arrows tour, right? You start thinking about the logistics, it just blows your mind. It's too
1: much. Yeah, the fan logistics are very confusing to me, and um, I just like. Attend the show and go home. Yeah. So I'm just like, wait, how'd they get to have a hat?
0: <laughs> Can I, I to, do that? <laughs> you have to buy your hat. I
1: have from to the buy my hat tour. and then I put it on myself. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sad and alone mm-hmm. <laughs> without Titus. <so. laughs> but yeah, that's I am not complaining about it. I'm just saying that like it is one of those things that's an enigma to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, putting the red Era in the middle of the show I think was great. It was just like this little fun detour and then going into it all too well. Um, I say detour, but It's that album that kind of blends country and pop, right? Mm -hmm. So um, putting it in the middle of her stuff, I think, really worked.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, the All Too Well 10-minute version, I think we had, like, phones out, lights on, you know, just in the crowd. That was was very fun to sing with her. Like, I love that song. I sing it all the time, and I belt it. Mm -hmm. It was just great to do it in a big audience. Very fun.
0: Yeah. All right, from there we move on to folklore.
1: Yeah, folklore. So with folklore, we have we started with the one, which is a really fun and light song. Um in that it's kind of like about missed opportunities. You know, like if you were the one kind of a thing. Like like not saying that you are the one, but saying like could have been fun if you were the one. Yeah. Um so I really like this song. It's like a really fun one to sing. Um and like, it's got like a light and sassy tone to it while still being lyrically very intricate.
0: This is the closest folklore gets to having a song I like,
1: really? is the
0: one. I don't like most of folklore.
1: I don't think you understand that because you never watched that Disney documentary. The with Long me. Pond thing? Mm hmm. You should have watched it with me.
0: Yeah, well, it's not too late. Maybe I'll watch it and have a renewed love for folklore. But
1: yeah, I think it really clicked for me after I watched that because yeah. I was like, oh i get the stories behind the songs yeah because until then you're like i don't feel connected to any of this
0: and i think this highlights a difference between how you and i listen to music and why we do the show kind of Mm -hmm. is that for me the lyrics are like part b of a song Mm -hmm. when i first listen to a song i look at instrumentation i look at um composition right like how chord changes you use, what instruments did you pick, how did you make it musically interesting with melodies and those things. And then if you add on, um, I I think you can have a good song with just that, like a great song with just that. And then if you add on lyrics that are intricate and interesting, cool rhyme schemes and all that, I think that takes you from a good song to like fantastic song. Um, Versus I think you go the other way, where you look at the lyrics and the intricacies and the storytelling and all that first. So um, with folklore, it's very focused on those stories and that those intricate lyrics and um, rhyme schemes and things like that. But instrumentation wise, the songs kind of blend into each other a little bit for me, which is why folklore doesn't really stick with me, I think.
1: I would agree that they have a similar sound to them. However, I think this is another thing that is different. Like they're on Spotify, too. The Long Pond recordings versus the, like, release tracks that, like, she originally released for this album. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, like, in a lot of situations, the live version is really good. Like, you should listen to the Long Pond recordings because there is more with the instrumentation. There is more with her vocally. Uh, y- you can actually see them playing it and like kind of feeling their way through the notes, like if you watched the documentary too. I think it adds a lot to it, so i I, I feel like we should sit down and watch it one day.
0: Yeah, I can already see with um even just the arrows tour, there's a few songs on here that I kind of I liked much more when she played in the show than I did at the recording. like um yeah, the one uh, I already kind of was okay with
1: mm-hmm. Because we learned how to play that one.
0: I guess, but it's also, when I learned to play it, I played just the chords. It's the same four chords, the whole song.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know if because yeah. we'd worked on it a little bit together that like
0: no, maybe think, you knew that one better. I think that one stands out a little because the instrumentation is slightly different in terms of piano. Um, the piano line really sticks out for me in that yeah. song. Um, but when I was at the Aeros tour, that one, plus um, Last Great American Dynasty and My Tears Ricochet, I think, stood out yeah. as um, much better live Than when I listen to them on the recording,
1: yeah. So maybe I can get into some of the meanings on these. So like, like I said with the one, it's more of like a, it's like just talking about like I like somebody she's interacted with that she's no longer in touch with, and like I think that I have this dream that you're doing cool shit, like just like imagining what his life is like without her, right? And just like I think it's a fun one. I think it's good. It would have been cool if you were the one for me, right? Which is a really fun theme to have in there. But it's also, like, I like that it doesn't classify it as, like, a fully sad song or a fully happy song.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the tones are very happy in the chords and everything, with the like, the music, the piano chords are very bright, is what yes. I'm trying to say. But some of the words are pretty sad. <laughs> it's just, like, oh, like... Uh, you're you're there with your family and not with me. You know, like, I'm not part of that. It would have been cool, though. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then he she goes into Betty. Uh, Betty is, like, a, I'm not going to go all the way into the detail, by the way, because you do need to watch the documentary, because it's, like, it'll ex- explain it more. But it is essentially about, like, there's three characters, two girls, one guy, I think, and uh, one of them is named Betty. And then she, uh, it, it, the... The song is called Betty, but the narrator is the guy who cheated on her. Mm -hmm. And so he's, like, saying, like, you know, would you let me, like, back into your life if I had done something that I regret? Mm -hmm. And, like, it's this, like, sort of, like, him talking it out. And and what I really like in this song that, like, really visualizes it, um, where she says, Betty, where he says, Betty, I'm here on your doorstep. And I've planned it for out for weeks now, but it's finally sinking in. Betty, right now is the last time I can dream about what happens when you see my face again. Like, that's really beautiful. Because it's like, this is the last moment that I can just hypothesize about what could happen. About you maybe embracing me, maybe yelling at me or whatever.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because, like, it's coming up to this moment. Yeah. And that culmination is just really strong. So, um, I really like like how visual this song is in that way. It's really beautiful. Yeah. So what's important about this song is not that it, it's not tying to the next one because the next one is um, Last Great American Dynasty, but it is it's tying into August, which is sung after that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So let me deviate from from this Betty storyline for a second. Yeah. Um, for the Last Great American Dynasty, it's about this woman. She meets a man and it's about what everyone's saying about her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, they're like saying, well, you know, the wedding was charming if a little gauche, you know, like just like those kind of backhanded compliment bullshit things that people say about weddings and such. And then like saying that like. He dies of, like, a heart attack or something like that, and they blame it on her because they say that, like, well, you know, the doctor had told him to settle down. It must have been her fault that his heart gave out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, she's the reason that he's having that issue and dying. And then um she's, they're saying, there goes the last great American dynasty. Who knows if she never showed up, what could have been. Um, Like, wouldn't it have been better if she never showed up kind of a thing, right? And then it, it goes into this, like story of this woman and how she did all this random nonsense and it's kind of like the random nonsense that we see in movies like Rich Bachelor's doing like spending a lot of money on the ballet and yeah. whatever so it's like and, and and on women or whatever and so in this one it's like she blew through the money on the boys in the ballet uh, and like losing on card game bets with Dolly yeah it's like really like just like she's blowing her money with her friends and she's having a good time. And then they said, like, again, there goes the last great American dynasty. Who knows if she never showed up, what could have been, right? She had a marvelous time ruining everything.
3: Yeah.
1: And I really like that line. Because it's like, uh, the you know, the town is saying, there goes the most shameless woman this town has ever seen. She had a marvelous time ruining everything. Yeah. And... Like it's so such a spiteful little sentence, Um, but like the way Taylor sings it is very light and sweet.
0: Yeah, this whole song is like if you're not paying attention, you could be singing like, a, like yeah. a happy little go lucky song.
1: Yeah, but it's not a happy song. It, yeah. it, or in a way, it's not. But what she does is she takes the power away from those words by kind of keeping them light and being like, she had a marvelous time ruining everything. Yeah. And then she says that like she, this lady sold the house, and you learn that this is actually the story of the woman who owned the house before Taylor bought it. But mm-hmm. then Taylor buys the house, uh, because this is true, like she wrote a story about the person who owned it before her. Yeah. And, uh she said that uh, Holiday House, fifty years is a long time. Holiday House sat quietly on that beach, free of women with madness, their men and bad habits. And then it was bought by me, and like that's like a really interesting turn to put in the bridge of like, mm-hmm. of like now it's me, and what what shit am I gonna do? Yeah. Um. So who knows if I never showed up, what could have been? There goes the loudest woman this town has ever seen. Like, and when she sings this live, she yells the loud, the words loudest woman this town has ever seen, which I thought was very fun. And then she says, I had a marvelous time ruining everything. Mm. And like, that's great. Like, I I really like like, that ending.
0: Everything that's happened with her reputation and all of that, like, it, it, it's that cohesive moment in the song, right? And the whole crowd sings it with her. And, you know, like I mentioned in the last episode several times, the whole thing is about bringing the crowd in with her. Right. And this Mm -hmm. is another moment where she does that.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, another thing that's important to note is that like, I'm, I'm going into the meaning of this one a little deeper because they act this one out like a play.
2: Yes. So they
1: have like a little house on the stage for this. And, uh, there's somebody who's dressed up as Rebecca. That's the main character in this story. And she's like, it's clearly her. She's Rebecca, mm-hmm. and then she's doing all the things, and then, like her friends are showing up, and then like the town is talking about her. Like you see, like a play, like they're dressed up in yeah. old old little dresses, looking or old style dresses, very cute. Um, so then, like when it's when she says like, and then it was bought by me. She's like walking by like Rebecca, and they're like like you know like a glance between them of like this is my like go carry on my legacy mm-hmm. of being you know of having a marvelous time ruining everything you know i think that that's really gorgeous
2: yeah
0: for some reason mentally this song is tied to nobody no crime for me and not in the sense of like meaning like they mean they're totally separate songs and everything but is it just vibes i get
1: i think it's the vibes of it's a story about women that and taylor and, like, fr- yeah. people that Taylor knows or thinks about and her in the story as well. Like, for instance, Betty, Taylor's not in that song. Yeah. It's the guy and Betty and this thing she's made up, right? The folklore yeah. she's made up. But, like, with uh, No Body, No Crime, she's like, my friend mm-hmm. maybe got murdered and so I'm going to go murder her husband.
0: And I feel like it had, <laughs> they both had this old-timesy feel to them. Uh-huh. You know, Last Great American Dynasty is explicitly set in the past. Yeah. But even nobody, No Crime... It feels like an old mystery, right? I don't know why I get that vibe from it.
1: Maybe it's the true crime vibes of things that like, where it's like, um, unsolved mysteries are usually like older ones, you know, like
0: before there were security cameras everywhere
1: before there was a cohesive, more cohesive police database that was like centralized. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Those two songs have always mentally been tied to me for some reason. And I don't know why.
1: Yeah. Um... Yes, yeah, so that's how, uh, that's how that song goes. I think the, the visuals are really fun for it, so I really like that. Oh, they also have like when she's coming in from Boston or her friends are coming in from Boston or something like that. Uh, I can't remember what she says. Uh, Flew in all her her bitch pack friends from the city It's like this train coming in Or something I don't remember At some point there was a train Mm
2: -hmm. And an
1: implication of people traveling somewhere And I was just like It's just like adding to the theater of it all Like I feel like I've gone to see a play It's very cute Um, Yeah okay So next song was August And this one ties back to Betty Um, This one is Kind of From the This is from the Standpoint of the other woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's now talking about the guy who was talking about Betty.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so she's saying, um, like, I can see us lost in the memory, August slipped away in a moment in time. Like, this was a summer fling we had, right? Yeah. Um, and then she says, like, uh, it, you were never mine. Mm-hmm. Like, it slipped away. It, you were never mine, though. Like, you were someone else's. But, like, I really wanted to hold on if I could have. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, kind of just, like, um, just vi- the, this, like, memories vibes that in this song that I just really like. Um, she also does lovely little dancing around the stage for this. Like, she has, like, this dress that she wears. That she, like, her dresses for this song typically have, like, cape sleeves. Yeah. So she'll whip them around, and it's really pretty. And I really like that. Uh, mm-hmm. and I love the dresses for this era. Just, I'm just saying that. <laughs> yeah, in
2: general. The, there was this
1: green dress that was, oh, my God, gorgeous. And then for the 1989 um, announcement, she mm-hmm. made it this lovely sky blue dress. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It almost matched the green dress in, in impressiveness. Mm-hmm. But I think when we saw it, it was the white one.
0: Yes, um, yes.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's still good, too.
0: But yeah, I think the whites and the grays fit with the color theme of this album, right? With know, like the black the, and white.
1: The green was magical. Yeah, she was so gorgeous in that. Anyway, so <laughs> the dresses and the use of them in these songs, yeah, really like uh, that. Those really like uh, like stood out to me in her whole wardrobe for this yeah. show.
0: It accentuates what you're saying, where you feel like she's acting out these stories, right? And the wardrobe was a big part of that as well. I feel like
1: yeah definitely,
0: yeah and bringing all these characters she's singing about to life
1: right. um she also, at the end of this song, she doesn't like take a break from this song. She mm-hmm. jumps straight into like the bridge to the end of illicit Affairs, which is a song about cheating, yeah, and the theme of it is like it's not talking about uh, like her or any specific person anymore or like these characters anymore. it's just talking about like. Um, this is what happens when you're in a cheating situation, right? And then it's, like, uh, then she says, like, you showed me colors I couldn't see with anybody else, you know, mm-hmm. like, things like that. So when you, like, it's this frustration of, like, uh, this this affair has made me into, like, something that I, I can't come back from it. Like, I'm so hooked on it that I, I can't go back to my normal life. Yeah. And, uh she, so the bridge starts with, and you want to scream, don't call me kid, don't call me baby, look at this godforsaken mess that you made me. You showed me colors you know I can't see with anyone else. Um, and then like she repeats that, look at this idiotic fool that you made me, you taught me a secret language I can't speak with anyone else. And you know damn well, for you, I would ruin myself a million little times. So, like, it's pretty short, but she, like, goes, like, really hard. Like, again, that rock element comes into it. Yeah,
0: and she pulls in the hardest-hitting point of the song.
1: Yeah, because it it really has that emotional crux to it. And I think it's really well done live. Like, it's it's so seamless. I almost didn't notice that she'd switch songs. Mm -hmm. But even though they don't have, like, the same tune necessarily. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, anyway, I think that that's really cool to, like, put those in the order that she put those.
0: Yeah, like Betty, August, illicit affairs.
1: Yeah, I thought, here's a question. Why did she put Last Great American Dynasty in between? Like, why not go Betty, August, illicit affairs?
0: Um, I don't know. Maybe it's to give the sense that things happen between, right? Like, in a sense, Betty and August, Betty is like, while that, is actively happening and August is more reflective, right? Yeah, it is. So then there's time that needs to pass in between. And maybe in that time that passed all these things in the house and everything happened. Yeah, maybe. You know, it could be like a little timeline.
1: Yeah. It's something I've been pondering. But um
0: the Taylor Cinematic Universe.
1: <laughs> let's not let's not go down any Marvel rabbit holes again. <laughs> all right. Um the Next, and I, oh, next song is going to be My Tears Ricochet, Mm -hmm. and uh, this is my favorite song. This is my favorite song. I think that she's ever written. Really? It is an insanely well-written song. The lyrics are too real. Mm -hmm. Uh, This, yeah, it's just really good. Yeah. Um, I don't know what.
0: high praise, best ever.
1: I don't, like, I, I think every time I listen to it, I hear some more from it. Like, I get it again. Mm-hmm. I think there were so many times where I listened to a line and I was like, oh, wait, that's, that's what that meant. Mm-hmm. And that, like, really, you can really feel it. Um, it is talking about, it's fully metaphor. Yeah. Like, this is one of those songs where she's not telling, like, a little story or anything like this. This is just one of those full metaphor songs. Yeah. Uh, so I love how much there isn't to unpack in it. Um, so she's like saying, we gather, you know, one day we might just do this full song. Yeah. So, but just for a preview of it, like, if we're going to get into the meaning of this, like, what is, like, what a weird title, right? My Tears Ricochet. Mm -hmm. That's a weird title. I, you don't instantly know what that could mean. Yeah. Um, and so you just kind of write it off. You're like, I'm going to listen to the song and hope that I put it together. Um, and the... It it starts with the imagery of a funeral. Yeah. A funeral is happening. And it's saying, like, it's saying some weird things. Like, we gather here, we line up weeping in a sunlit room, and if I'm fire, you'll be made of ashes too. Mm -hmm. Interesting, right? Like a theme of, like, almost like cremation and stuff. Yeah. But if I'm dying, you're dying, is, like, kind of the idea behind that. And then... Like she says, I love you. I loved you. I swear I loved you till my dying day. Um, and then it says in the chorus, it says, If I'm dead to you, why are you at the wake? Yeah. Cursing my name, wishing I stayed. Look at how my tears ricochet. Mm-hmm. Like just those three lines have so much in it. Yeah. If I'm dead to you, why are you at the wake? Like, I thought you hated me. But like you're still here,
0: yeah. You and, get this image of like someone hovering around, yeah, yeah. and
1: uh, cursing my name, wishing I stayed. Mm-hmm. Like you both love and hate me, and then yeah. my tears ricochet suddenly takes on this new meaning of like I'm I cried, but like it made you cry too.
0: Oh, that's that's an interesting. I just took it another way. I took it as she's crying or I'm crying so hard that the forces caused, like literal ricochet.
1: I. I think that it is more about, like, because it's paired with you're cursing my name, wishing I stayed, look at how my tears ricochet. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at you crying, and I'm thinking to myself, that's my tears ricocheting. She's Uh, not, like, thinking about force. It's not not a physics thing. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, But, like, it it has the power of that. You know what I mean? And so it's, that's why the word ricochet, like, is, is such a powerful word to use there. Yeah. Not just saying like I don't know you're sad too it seems, which is my my poorly written version of that right? Like how do you come up with words like this? How do you yeah. uh, how do you encapsulate such a heavy feeling in three fucking words? I don't know. And also <laughs> she's like, so good at this.
0: <laughs> the rhyming too. You got name and ricochet to rhyme, which is
1: cursing cool. my name, wishing I stayed. Look at how my is ricochet. Yeah, insane. I um they also also the the bouncing off the S sound there, the cursing my name, wishing yeah. I stayed. Look at how my tears ricochet. Yeah. Everything bounces. It's very like.
0: Bounces like a ricochet.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it ricochets like yeah. a ricochet. And so, <laughs> uh, like, th- like that's just like a sampling of like, how good the writing is on that one. I, and then the bridge on it, like the bridge on it says, I can go anywhere I want, anywhere I want, just not home and you can aim for my heart, go for blood, but you would still miss me in your bones.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you can, like, you can aim for my heart, go for blood, but you would still miss me. Like, yeah. I know that. And I think when she was describing this one, because, again, she did that documentary, right? Yeah. Um, she was talking about how, like, you have uh, situations, like, for instance, like a divorce or something. Like, you loved this person at a, at a certain time. And even if it's ending even if you fucking hate them for some reason, like it's tearing both of you apart. Yeah. It's not a one-sided pain ever.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: love can so quickly turn to hate. And it, is it, or is it not the same feeling? Yeah. Which is just really deep. It's really deep.
2: Yeah.
0: She really went <laughs> for it in this one.
1: Really went for it on this one. Which mm-hmm. is why I love the way that she performed it. It was very intense. It really yes. gave it the meaning she wanted. Like the drums were really heavy
2: Yeah The and beats
1: were hard
0: I think yeah. that comes across Like the emphasis the song needs Comes across better in the live performance Than it does in the recording At least yeah. in my opinion
1: The way she kind of like crumples to her knees with
2: it
0: Yeah Like you feel the the weight of the song That I don't have that same feeling When I just listen to a recording of it
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, And then she ends on Cardigan Which is a lot lighter of a song <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, she's got to build, this is the last song of the era. She's got to start transitioning, right? Yeah. So So she
1: goes from this pretty heavy uh, song to Cardigan, which is a little bit more, it's more of a relaxed tone to it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: uh, And a little bit sweeter in tone where it's like, uh, you put me on like a cardigan. I don't remember. Oh, and when I felt like I was an old cardigan under someone's bed, you put me on and said I was your favorite. Yeah. yeah. Which is really cute.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: just like Wholesome. feeling renewed. Yeah. Um, th- it, That's another really good song. There's a lot of really good lines in that, and it's very catchy to sing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Next era was 1989.
0: Yeah. And again, this is when the energy kind of comes rushing back in, right? Like you just mentioned, heavy songs and folklore, all the storytelling about the past and all these kind of things, right? And then she... Brings it in with 1989, which is one of her biggest albums. Her first, I think what she at least what she considers her first like pop, pure pop album. So all this energy comes rushing back in and she opens out with style, which is we never go out of style, right? Yeah. And I feel like the placement of this era is perfect because I think if you look at the timing-wise, like you don't notice the time at all when this show is running Mm around. But if you were going to, I think it would have happened around here. But then she brings back Some of her biggest songs, right? And Like, we were talking about this the other day. I think Blank Space is her most played song, which is the second song in the era. But um, starting with style, Blank Space, Shake It Off, you suddenly get the crowd pumped again and dancing again. Like, um, folklore is a little bit more performative, I feel like, than um, the other ones where you want the crowd um, enthusiasm, right? There are moments, like I mentioned earlier, but... uh,
1: you mean, like, with folklore, it's more of, like, uh, the crowd's more watching it. Like yeah, she play. is telling a story. Yeah, she's telling a story, listen up. Yeah. Whereas with, like, 1989, it's like everyone just gets pumped to sing with her.
0: Yeah, the bracelets all go wild again and everything. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so the points where she infuses energy are very deliberate.
3: Yeah.
1: And I I really liked, I liked the 1989 starting up i i have to say it, i feel about 1989 like it, by the way 1989 for my personal history with taylor uh i kind of i think i mentioned before that i really liked her debut album yeah and then i really like tuned out for fearless and speak now and and even read yeah i tuned out like i only heard the radio hits and then um like uh radio hits and like all Too Well was a favorite of mine on that one. Yeah. And uh, Treacherous. No, State of Grace I only liked when I listened oh. to the Taylor's version album. Because oh, once okay. she re-released it, then I actually went through it. But where I came back to Taylor was 1989. Mm-hmm. This is where I was just like, oh, Right. She's, like, it got was so huge that it, like, fully caught my notice. And then I... Because I'm pretty out of touch with shit. Yeah. And I got back into it. And then after, like, ni- like 1989, loved every song on it, pretty much. Um, Like, Clean was really good. Uh, Wildest oh, Dreams. I Know Places.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, like, even the ones that weren't radio hits necessarily oh, okay. were, yeah. like, incredible on it. So I really loved this album. Even uh, the- but, like, with the... Sorry, what were you saying?
0: Even the radio hits. Like, there was a year and a half where you couldn't go anywhere in public without hearing Shake It Off.
1: Yeah, Shake It Off was <laughs> pretty yeah. intense. But, like, style, that's the thing with the, with the radio hits on this one. I feel like they were, like, higher quality. Yeah. Like, um, Style, Blank Space, uh, Wildest Dreams. Like, they were really good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, for this one, like, this is where I kind of, like, I really like the songs still. But I may sit down during the songs because oh. because I'm an old grandma lady. Who no, this is where
0: I was standing. I was pumping.
1: I was rocking out to my tears ricochet.
0: <laughs> when Taylor says "shake it off," you shake it off. right? right.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. I was standing through this part yeah. too, but I was just like, I, I know that like uh, it, it felt to me like oh, it's really good, and I'm excited to hear it. Um, yeah. But I was more here for like reputation and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Like there's after 1989, there's only midnights left. And, like, I think ending on these two was great, right? 1989 is all this fun, super poppy, one of her biggest albums, and then Midnight's, which is the new album. So ending on those two, I think, was fantastic. But, um, yeah, I just have a lot of love for 1989. Like like you said, like, I think Taylor, for me, was kind of always in the background, like, radio hits. Like, I didn't fall off completely Okay. from, like, I think, Fearless onward. But... 1989 was the first time I remember listening to more than just the big radio hits. Yeah. And then finally getting back into it, like, once I met you and everything, getting further into it.
1: You remember when you started going through her discography yeah. for me? And then you were, like, listening to every single album. And I literally looked at you and I was like, myrna I... I haven't listened to every single album, mm-hmm. so that's what I was referring to. Was the fact that I didn't, I wasn't familiar with Fearless at the time, or fully Red, or like um, I think even honestly even Speak Now. Yeah, and so I was just like, uh, I, I, it's really sweet that you're doing this uh, to like I think understand me or something. But it's uh, like look at 1989 onward, then yeah. <laughs> then you would know who what I've you know but based my whole. I'm glad I did because my
0: favorite Taylor stuff is. Technically the older stuff. Okay. Like speak now through I think like Reputation is like the area.
1: I loved the I loved the pop of nineteen eighty nine. I loved the intense revenge songs of Reputation and I loved the alt like I've always been into alternative rock yeah. type songs. So I loved the alternative route. She went with folklore and evermore. Mm-hmm. And then Midnights again, incredible. I'm not like, oh, it's too mainstream for me. I'm not um I'm not a little bitch about that. Yeah. I can say that I like a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, we'll say for 1989, uh, she ends the era on Bad Blood, which for me, it feels like a reputation song. Yeah. Like, I was...
1: I don't remember being very tied to Bad Blood, honestly. hmm But, yeah.
0: But, like, for me, you know, you talk about the revenge or the anger that comes through on reputation, right? Like, I really feel like Bad Blood... Fits that vibe, and every time I remember that it's a 1989 song, I have to be like, "Oh, hang on a second. But it was a great ender because it's a lot of energy. Um, she pulls out some great dance moves in that one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think. I.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I was gonna say I actually really liked. I think I realized that what really drew me to 1989 was like the uh, more attitude that there was in it. Yes. Like I think up till now, like she was like historically speaking, she was not like very. Uh, I I don't think I had an appreciation for the kind of sassy that she was.
0: Yeah, like the album just before 1989 is Red, which is not that sassy.
1: Yeah, it was a little more like love songs. It was a little more like um, just... Feeling 22. Yeah, and and like fun feeling 22 songs and things like that. Like very positive Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not a very positive person because when I heard Blank Space, I was like, I like this because she's saying, okay, you're painting me out to be a psycho bitch. Maybe I am a psycho bitch, you yeah. know? And I like that. That's mm-hmm. really fun for me. I'm like, ooh, that's an attitude. Like, she's just like, yeah, you're right. I do. I, f- you know, fly men around the world and I just, you know, ruin all their lives. And mm-hmm. like, that's fun for me. I'm like, nice. I like this. The
0: 1989 uh, reputation evolution, I think, is very clear to see.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's really nice. So yeah, it, sorry, on. you were saying.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a lot of fun in this era, a lot of dancing, and like I said, just energy. And that's what I love in a concert, right? So yeah. I think Red in 1989 were my favorite parts of the show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, again, we're not going into the meeting on these ones too much, because I don't think they're um, deep enough to...
0: Yeah. Also, these songs have that. been out for a long time, like
1: out for ages. Yeah. Uh, very obvious with meaning, I think. Um, clearly yeah. well written. So yeah. Um, yeah. It, it there's a lot of fun stage stuff on this one too. I think I really liked during uh, blank space them like hitting the uh, image of the car. Like oh yeah, they have yeah. basically a full it's a full size image of like a car, a nice car. And they've got, like, these LED golf clubs that they're slamming. Yeah, they're, like,
0: breaking up a car. But on
1: on the beat, and it's fun. I really like that.
0: I love the, um, I forgot what song it was, but uh, the golf club, she's, like, swinging it in her arm, like, really threatening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's that
0: (laughs) That was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. It's just fun. It's very fun. Yeah, yeah, and then from there, she did the surprise songs. Yeah. Uh, We had Death by a Thousand Cuts and You're on Your Own, Kid, um, Death, one on
0: guitar, one on piano.
1: Yeah, Death by a Thousand Cuts is uh, very intense on the bridge. If you if you want to look at that song, the bridge is really where it uh, it shines, mm-hmm. um, like more than most of her other bridges, which is incredible to say. Yeah, but she has a very very interesting and intricate bridge on that one. If you're interested, and then You're on Your Own, kid, is a very sad song. There's a lot in it, um, and it. It's just a lot of like, you're on your own kid, uh, which is like, like in the tone of you're alone. Yeah. Face it, you're alone. And, and you then, always have been. No, well, that's how she ends. So that's oh, what really? I was going to say. Was it yeah. the last, the last time she sings it, she says, you're on your own kid, you always have been. In yeah. a positive way of like, you got through the other situations and you can get through these two.
0: Does she only say that line once? That you always have been? Oh wow! I thought it was just part of the chorus.
1: I'm pretty sure I can. I can't check the lyrics right now. I, did, I didn't print them out. Oh
3: okay.
1: <laughs> I printed out the other ones, but the surprise mm-hmm. songs I didn't put in. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I. I feel like I looked that up at some point, and that it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and check my facts. Like, go. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I'm sure. Uh, I get something wrong in these podcasts. It's fine. But yeah, from there she went into the midnights album era, which is like my favorite. I, I'm a big fan of Midnight's. Really loved mm-hmm. it. Um, she started with Lavender Haze. Top song! That is a top song.
0: It's a great opener to it. Doesn't it also open the album? Yes. Yeah.
1: And it's just such a vibe. And like it also starts with the words, meet me at midnight, which is yes. like a great way to enter the era of m- Midnight's, right?
0: And uh, she used it in the the main intro too, right? The mm-hmm. meet me at midnight line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so she... Uh, in this song, she's talking about the lavender haze, which is a phrase from I think Mad Men or something like that. She said, and mm-hmm. it means like the time where you're kind of like in like a love haze where like no one else is in there. Yeah, it's it's like uh, imagine like a rose colored glasses, but like with less negative meanings the in it.
0: Honeymoon phase,
1: essentially. But again, those have all taken on kind of very negative meanings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I and I've, I'm i not watching Mad Men, so I don't know what she's talking about. But yeah. uh. Like, that's what she's talking about, is is that, like, oh we're a couple, and, like, people are outside of this right now, and they don't matter. And uh, so that's what she says, like, I feel that lavender haze creeping up on me, and that, like, I just want to stay in it, you know? Yes. I also really like the line in this. uh, I think I really like the chorus in this. Um, I feel the lavender haze creeping up on me. Surreal. I'm damned if I do give a damn what people say. No deal. The 1950s shit they want from me. I just want to stay in that lavender haze. Yeah. Like, no deal on that 1950s, like, little housewife bullshit that they want from me. Yeah. No thank you. Uh, I'm not taking it. Um, and then she uh, just says, I'm damned if I do give a damn what people say. Like, she doesn't give a damn. I'm like, I like that a lot.
0: That's also just, uh, with all those D alliterations. Yes. It's such a fun line to sing.
1: Yeah. Actually, a lot of Ds in the in the whole thing. Like, lavender haze. Mm-hmm. I'm damned if I do give a damn what people say. No deal. The 1950s shit they want from me. I just want to stay in that lavender haze. Yeah. yeah.
0: The, because she hits those Ds so hard. Mm-hmm. It's both the tongue twister and when you nail it, it's so fun.
1: Yeah. And uh, like, the, like, for instance, in the verse, she said, they say, all they keep asking me is if I'm going to be your bride. The only kind of girl they see is a one-night or a wife. Yeah. Like a one-night stand or a wife. There's nothing in
0: between. There's nothing
1: in between. What's the point of anything in between, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, either you're bragging about sexual exploits or you've, like, put a ring on it and that's it. That's the only kind of woman that, like, can exist in people's minds versus, like, maybe just a person who just wants to exist.
0: Yeah, and just talking about, like, different types of relationships, right? Just because a relationship, like, a longer one than more than a one-night stand um, doesn't end in a marriage, doesn't mean, like, it was pointless or failed or whatever, right? Every yeah. relationship serves its purpose.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, even from like just personal experience, like it's not uh, like you don't get any respect unless you're a wife, which is uh, kind of fucking stupid. right? Yeah,
0: it's this weird area. Yeah. In our society. <laughs>
1: it doesn't really matter if you're loyal to that person or not. It's like, OK, but are you married? Yeah. No. Then OK, well, then I guess we don't need to notice you. And it's like, OK don't be a
2: dickhead.
1: Yeah. Like maybe don't be a dickhead. So there's a lot of pressure then to get like married and stuff like that. And that's what she's really tackling in the song is like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like really succumb to that pressure.
0: Like you can't just exist.
1: Yeah. If she just wants to exist, she just wants to exist. Uh, And any woman who wants to do whatever they want to do should be able to do it without Mm -hmm. the judgment. Um, I really like then the bridge where she says, talk your talk and go viral. I just need this love spiral. Yeah. Um, she's now talking to the
0: the audience. audience.
1: Go ahead and, like, do your little TikToks and stuff. It's fine. Um, but, like, get it off your chest. Get it off my desk. And that made me think of, like... You know when people start videos and they're like, I just need to get this on my chest. Yeah. And then they go into whatever they're gonna say, right? So then she's like, Go ahead, get it off your chest, but get it off my desk. Yeah, she
0: doesn't want to deal with
3: it.
1: Yeah. Which also gives you like the boss vibes. Like yeah. you know, like it kind of circles back to the man of like, um, yeah. get it off my desk. I'm too important to have this in my way.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, yeah, that that line of get it off your chest, get it off my desk, that's really iconic, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a really good song. I also really Laughed really hard when because uh, there's this like really hot dancer I can't remember his name I'm sorry there's yeah. so many iconic dancers that I am now following but I've forgotten their names because they're <laughs> like really good um, but there's two two dancers who like stay with her at the end of the song yeah where it just repeats the words um, like get it off your chest get it off my desk yeah and he just has like a, a great uh chest. torso great yeah. torso thank you mm-hmm. and she just points to his chest and it made me laugh really hard she's like get it off your chest gestures <laughs> to his
0: chest just displayed
1: <laughs> and this guy's just there like yes <laughs>
0: this is what he goes to the gym for this is just. my
1: chest incredible pecs
2: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was uh i was very amused by that that was really funny like detailed to put in there and mm-hmm. i really like that like what she does is she she hands her mic to someone yeah the other guy like takes the jacket off of her
0: yeah it's part of the costume change yeah,
1: yeah. and then she says get it off your chest and i'm like that's fun that's yeah. a fun little like it's just the three of them on stage it's very funny yeah
3: um
1: but yeah anyway that was a, a fun thing
0: mm-hmm. from there it's antihero.
1: Which is, I think, one of your favorite songs in this album. It's
0: my, it is my favorite song on the album. Yeah. I absolutely love Antihero. And I know there's been discussion about it being overplayed and all of those things. I'm just going to say this. Outside of Taylor, carpet general statement.
1: Who's saying it's overplayed?
0: I have seen on the interwebs that it's been overplayed. Oh. But carpet statement about songs in general. Okay. If it's an overplayed song, it's because it's good.
1: He so has get the, over it. He has the Angie. Yeah. <laughs> so I you're not it, the only one who rants. <laughs> I hate when people
0: like dismiss a song. because like, oh, it's not good anymore because it's overplayed. No, it's overplayed because it's good.
1: Yeah, this is what I meant about like, um, like I can. I'm fine with saying when I like a song. Like people yeah. are like, oh, it's too pop or too mainstream, so therefore I can't like no, it.
0: No, we're not hipsters. Oh yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> any. This is just blanket any artist, right? And yeah. I've seen it. Over and over again, and
1: even with um like your pop punk bands that you follow, yeah. like there's oh it's too much of a radio hit. It's like okay, just because other people like it, you can't like it. Yeah, like, what kind of a dark life is that? I've like, seen
0: this like, and it's not genre specific, right? Like I've seen it with Anti Hero with Taylor, I've seen it with All Time Low and Fall Out yep. Boy and pop punk. I've seen it with like every
1: artist. Maroon from this.
0: Five, name me an artist.
1: Oh, Maroon 5's too overplayed. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: payphone is a good song
1: I yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> <Continue>. <laughs> that was
0: you can pick any artist mm-hmm. um foster the people and pumped up kicks yeah it's overplayed because it's a good song all right
1: i can see Ending though that. how like hearing it a million times can make you tired of a song but i think that that's like i think like that's a different like thing than like if it's too mainstream and other people like it, then I can't like it. So that's where I wonder, like, I think the line blurs when people say it's overplayed because a lot of times they're implying that, like, it's too mainstream.
0: Yeah, so... But either way, like, I think you're also conflating that even if you're tired of the song, doesn't mean it's a bad song.
1: I think that's okay. Yeah, Yeah. like, for instance, like, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's, for me, overplayed, right? For sure. But, like, I can't say that it's not a good song. It's a fantastic song. It's clearly a banger. Like, I... Uh, you gotta agree that it's a banger
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah but anyway antihero is like a really solid song i know yeah. it's a it was a single lead single for this but it's and really good
0: it, like i think i mentioned this before but the when you listen to taylor swift the undercurrent of rock music is kind of just always there mm-hmm. and it really comes out on this song yeah so i think that automatically gets a little heart from me like <laughs> um and the amount of pop punk covers that have come out of this song are insane. Yeah. But you can, it's so clear to hear in how she does the drums and the chord changes that that rock undercurrent is there. And that's why I love this song.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, I really like this song. There's a lot of plan words and alliteration here. Like, did you hear my covert narcissism disguised as altruism, like some kind of congressman? Yeah what a line to write and then
0: with that faded background vocal of a tale as old as time. <laughs> yeah. Like I love, like this is such a tired thing you're talking about. Yeah. You and
1: know? I wake up screaming from dreaming one day. I'll watch as you're leaving and life will lose all its meaning for the last time. Yeah. The, like that's really good.
0: The rhythm and the melody is just,
1: yeah. The screaming, constant. dreaming, leaving life will lose all its meaning. Like yeah. it just hits you, hits you, hits you. Like it's a yeah. very like run on line.
0: And then you get to that chorus and it's the, It's me, hi, Hi. Um, I'm the
2: the problem, problem. it's me. me. And the
0: way the hi is like syncopated. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's me. And then it's like, you just pop out like a,
1: hi. (laughs) (laughs) She does also wait for the audience to say hi for some of them. It's very fun. Um, Um,
0: Also on the bridge, it's the same lyrics. It's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Mm -hmm. But um, she changes the gap between the it's me, hi, on every line when she repeats it. It's
1: me, hi. Or she'll be like, it's me,
3: hi.
0: Yeah, and I think it, the gap slowly gets larger
3: I don't or remember. smaller.
0: I forgot which way it goes, but it's consistent and it makes the bridge a lot of fun.
1: Oh, you're talking about like the bridge where she like really slows it down and like yes. really goes into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you're right. It does and It does feel like it's getting longer. In this, and like
0: yeah. it gets longer because one, she's kind of slowing it down. But if you look, if you really count the tempo wise, it's the same tempo. It's just she's pushing the the syncopation of the high farther and farther from the It's Me. Yeah. So, um, yeah.
1: After this song, we go into, like, some of my other tops from this album, which is Midnight Rain, which is, um, like, just, like, a really, like, low-key, like, like, the vibes on this one are so much lower. Yeah. But, like, strong, like, as far as lyrics go. And, um just creativity in the composition, I think are very, it's very incredible. Like mm-hmm. she starts with like, you hear this kind of like deeper voice going like, like seeing some of the words and it's not saying it like just like full sentences. It's like clips almost. So it's yeah. like rain. He wanted it comfortable. I wanted that pain. You know, like, it's just like,
0: yeah. And it's it like, feels warped. like beats
1: and you're just like, why is it there? And why is it in this weird deep voice? Who's singing? That's actually Taylor Swift's voice. Yeah. I uh, just slowed down. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's using her voice as like a background instrumental.
1: Yeah. Which yeah. she does a lot. Um, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I like the use of it in this one for sure. Yeah. Um, and then like, it's a slow song, but it still manages to like build musically that I really like.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and they're also all dancing around with like umbrellas and I really yes. like the imagery on this as they performed it. Um. Yeah, I really like it. Uh I would if you had to listen to some songs on this album, I would say Lavender Haze and Midnight Rain. Also, everyone loves Antihero, so you yeah. you probably already, you probably already to heard that. it. It yeah. went viral too
0: on TikTok and stuff, so yeah. Yeah.
1: Vigilante shit. This is the one that frustrates me when other people talk about it because people like to be like really um well, let me let me come back a step. It's a song that starts with the line draw the cat eye sharp enough to kill a man um and then like just like it's kind of like revenge vibes like the whole time yeah she is clearly angry at some man Mm -hmm. and then she's like doing things like reporting him to the fbi and and helping his ex-wife get like revenge on him too and like uh just like kind of people don't like this song because it's Written from a place of anger, I think, yeah. more than her other songs. Like, a lot of her other songs are like, well, I'm just living better or whatever. But uh, this one is very much like uh, I'm taking actions against you kind of a thing. And because people don't respect women's anger in any way, they're just like, uh, it's just kind of dumb that she's writing such a serious song. Because, like, how could she be serious? Because she's like Taylor Swift, right? Isn't she just like blonde and sings about, like, love songs? Like, okay, relax.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She can write a cool song if she wants to write a cool song. You don't but, need to like make something of it. And just because like, maybe she didn't actually report anyone to the FBI, maybe like she doesn't have to actually do the thing to sing about the thing.
0: Yeah, it's just a song at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, there's, like, all these other singers who are like, ah, I'd kill you if I could, you know? It's like, yeah. but are they going to go commit murder? No, because no. they want to avoid the jail time. We'd have
0: no artists left.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't want them to do that. And, you know, sometimes you just have a feeling and you write about it, okay? Yeah. Like, is this a foreign concept to people?
0: And also, like, I don't know why this song gets more hate than stuff like Look What You Made Me Do or Bad Blood. Like, all those are also angry songs, <laughs> Look right? What
1: You Made Me Do did get a lot of hate. Oh, okay. <laughs> when it came out. Maybe I just What was the it. other one? Bad Blood. Bad
0: Blood. Or, um...
1: Yeah. Bad Blood, I can't... I'm trying to remember. Right or, now.
0: like, Don't Blame Me.
1: Oh, that was a good song. Like... Yeah. No, no. Don't Blame Me is Love Made Me Crazy. Don't Blame oh, Me, okay. Love Made Me... That's a yeah. love song. hmm Um... Yeah. But I think I know what you're talking about. There's, like, other... There's it's, other it's revenge songs. It's not her first songs. angry song. It's not. Yeah. I think it's, like, there's... This is, like, one of the least wordy songs she's ever written. Like, yeah. Like, very short in the lyrics department. Um, And, like... It's very, like, it's very, like, deep and dark in, like, theme. And then, like, in the bridge, I really like it because it's, like, lady, like, she starts singing sweetly again. Mm -hmm. And, like, she, uh, like, sweetly sings, like, ladies always rise above, ladies know what people want, someone sweet and kind and fun, but the lady simply had enough. Mm -hmm. Like, just going back into, like, like, oh, we are all expected to tell the line, but maybe I'm fucking mad, you know? Yeah. And then it goes back to like the things that I do, and uh, I'm dressing for revenge, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I like people love to hate things. Yeah. Uh, and this this podcast is about music appreciation mm-hmm. because guess what? We're fucking fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I don't see like a reason to hate the song. I think it's a really good beat, and then seeing it live,
0: the the dance she does live for this song uh-huh. has become iconic.
1: Yeah, um, there was this one thing that was like, I want to be <laughs> Taylor Swift. I went, my girlfriend wanted to dress up in Taylor Swift's like... Uh,
0: the outfit she vigilante wears. Vigilante
1: t- like, outfit. Yeah. And like, so I decided to go as her chair.
0: Yeah. She's dancing with a chair on stage. <laughs> She's yeah. sitting
1: on that chair in some suggestive ways. And it's just really funny. And I was just like, everyone's like, what if we all just went as Taylor Swift's chair for Halloween? Yeah. Which I think is really fun. So, oh God, it was really funny, um, but like the yeah the the chair work in this yeah,
2: the dance um, is incredible dance was
1: amazing, oh, yeah, no, everybody watching that was just like,
0: hmm, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> suddenly oddly quiet <laughs> mm-hmm. it was an incredible dance, and also just like the way that the stage was moving, so it it like uh, this is a very mobile stage, uh, yeah. it's like so this like center. Uh the center of it, like she had like like two wings of people like coming out from her on either side, all on chairs. Mm-hmm. And then like the center would go up and they would come up in like kind of a pyramid shape. Yeah. And then she would go down and like it would become a V, you know? Yeah. Like that. Like it's it was very just dynamic. really cool. Yeah. Very, really like very like well done uh dynamic movements from the stage and like great visuals mm-hmm. brought up for this song. Which is just really cool element. And it really, I think this song really landed for me live. Like, I really liked it before, too. Yeah. But it landed different once I saw it live. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, Bejeweled, next song.
0: Yeah. This one's just fun. Like, it's just um, the idea of that um, best believe that I'm still bejeweled. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, of course, you just did a three-hour concert that we all sat through. But...
1: Yeah, uh, ending
0: like we're getting toward the end now, and like ending with these songs is just like affirmation of everything that yeah. she's done. Yeah.
1: When she released this, like she hadn't started the Eras tour yet, and it's yeah. just like a yeah, it's a, it was a bit of like a okay, I'm still bejeweled. I'm sure I could still like you know get a crowd behind me, have people cheering for me, kind of a yeah. thing. Like I think from an artist's point of view, that's what she was writing, and like if you see the success of the Eras tour, um, yeah, there's no other word for it than success. Hmm. Uh, like. Yeah, clearly she's still betrothed. Like, clearly she still has it there. Mm. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like a song about like, uh, you're kind of, you, you're maybe underestimating me. Yes. And I want to be like the best thing that you've ever seen. Like, and, and I know that I'm the best thing. Yeah. So it's like, I could go. And I, I, if the band asked me, do you have a man, I could say I don't remember. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm still wanted, you know?
0: Yeah. And to end this, like, marathon of a concert with these kind of songs, like, uh, this is third from the end. Yeah. Is just really driving the point home, right? Of yeah. Her success and everything she's kind of earned. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, another really incredible line in this song. Uh, if you, again, this is if you need reasons to listen to it. Um,
3: yeah.
1: the, the, my favorite line in it is, um, Familiarity breeds contempt. Don't put me in the basement when I want the penthouse of your heart. Yeah. That's great. Like, it's just like, and she she sings it like in one breath, by the way. Mm-hmm. Familiarity breeds contempt. Don't put me in the basement when I want the penthouse of your heart.
0: Like, yeah, it's like all one line.
1: Yeah. Reads contempt, the rhyme's in there, contempt and basement, penthouse of your heart. Like, yeah. And then like alliterating with the house and heart. Yeah. Like she like really makes the whole thing like like hit on every beat. And it's very like complicated and well done. Like she's saying like, okay, because we're so familiar with each other,
3: mm-hmm. you're now
1: contemptuous of me. But um, I don't want to be in the basement. I don't want you to neglect me. I want the penthouse of your heart. Like, uh, just like, I, I'm not settling for less than I deserve. Yeah, And I really like that theme. And uh, I don't know if you've seen, I think I, made, I showed you the music video for this. If you haven't seen the music video, I think it really clicked for me more when I watched that. Because it was like a Cinderella theme. Yes. And yeah, there was Easter eggs and stuff, but we don't need to go into that. Uh, The most important thing that I got from it was like, she is essentially the Cinderella in the situation. Mm -hmm. And um, there is this ball to win back the keys of the kingdom. Yeah. And she is like, okay, well, am I going to be able to go back? You know, am I going to be able to, like, you have to compete in a talent show to win the keys of the kingdom. Yeah. Do I have any talents that could, um, that could win me this talent show?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then so she goes and she meets Fairy Godmother. Fairy Godmother is doing like a burlesque show thing kind of thing, like teaching her a style of dance and stuff. And so then she goes and she, she does it. She learns it, performs in the talent show, wins back the keys to the kingdom. And uh, that's another line in the song where she says, I made you my world. Have you heard? I can reclaim the land. Like, saying yes. that, like, yeah. I thought you were my world, but, like, I don't need it to be you. I yeah. can reclaim that for me. And so she's like, okay, can I win this in the, sh- in the music video? Can I win this contest and get back the keys to my kingdom? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's also got to do with her re-recordings and all this other, like, you know, implications, like, in her actual professional life. Yeah. And then... um at the end of it, like, she, the prince wants to marry her or whatever. She's not really that interested in the prince. Gets rid to the prince. Gets the keys to her kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the whole end of it. So it's kind of, like, it kind of landed for me that it's kind of, like, the worst thing you can do to women, like, nowadays, I feel like, is, like, to make them feel like they're not worth um, worth anything. Or to feel, feel like, okay, let's be in a relationship, but, like, you know, I could do better than you. Mm -hmm. You know, which is like a situation that women sometimes find themselves in. And I feel like this song kind of touches on that. Like while it does relate to her getting the keys back to her kingdom and like her professional life, it's also got to do with the relationship side of things where it's like um, maybe I'm not going to tolerate a situation where you think you can do better than me. And I have been giving you a lot and I want the same in return. And so if I want to go out tonight, I'm going to go out tonight because we haven't in a long time. But I'm still vigil.ed
0: Yeah, it's the feeling of when you're in a relationship that you are somehow less, right? Like, I think regardless of gender, everyone in a relationship kind of feels it that, especially when you're younger, that um, are, you're not worth what, like, a single person is sometimes worth. Um,
1: Wait, uh, when, when you're younger, you're saying?
0: I think especially when you're younger. Basically, our society tends to idolize the the young and the single.
1: Oh, I see, I see. You know? Yeah.
0: So um, whether it's you're getting older or whether it's you're just getting a relationship, for most people, that happens at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that your worth drops, you know, when that's not true. You can still go out. You can still be bejeweled. You can still um, shine. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, yeah. And I think regardless of whether you're a man, you're a woman, you're whatever your gender is, right? That you, when you feel that and you don't have to feel that way, and if someone is making you feel that way, then maybe it's not the relationship for you, right?
1: Yeah, there's that, um, it, it's es- it's essentially saying like, like comfort in relationships like shouldn't be to the point of contempt.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have to come at the cost of feeling like you're less than.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And, um, like you can be in a relationship and feel still special and make that person feel like good and bejeweled like every single day, Mm -hmm. or you can like make them feel like shit. And like, that happens a lot. So like when, when I said about women, I meant like, um, if you think about like the Cinderella story, uh, with Cinderella itself, with herself, it's like, um, what's her problem? She's so poor, and she's like like a maid in the house, basically. And her only way to get out of it is to marry this prince charming person. Yes. So to marry rich, it's kind of an allegory for women in general of like marrying rich is the only way to get yourself out of bad situations, et cetera, mm. right? And um, and like to save yourself from a life of poverty or whatever, and nowadays like that's not true cuz we can have jobs and credit cards. Yeah. So like <laughs> and we can own property. Just saying. Um weird flex but okay.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, um yeah, just just saying like those are new things for women. And um like for us to have like w- what is the new Cinderella story at this point? Mm-hmm. It's being in a relationship where somebody's making you feel less than. Yeah. And you are just like okay, um like, I, but I can't get out of this unless I go out and do something different, you know, like that. So, like, that's it's kind of like what's the new trap for us? Yeah. And it's more like relationship happiness at this point is what we kind of struggle with because mm-hmm. we can earn money and be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, th- that's what I meant like for women, but you're right that it's anyone can feel that way for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right.
1: That was a lot on um, Bejeweled. Bejeweled. I just I have a lot of thoughts on Bejeweled. Yeah. Um, Mastermind, less so. It was like a really well done, and I like one. And I think on the stage they did a lot of uh, yeah chessboard
0: themes, which is fun. And the I just wanted to mention like the Mastermind feels like the real closer of the Aeros tour to me. There is one more song which is Karma, mm-hmm. but that feels to me a little bit more like she doesn't do an encore. But if there was an encore, I feel like it would be Karma. Um, so I feel like this is just my vibes that I got from the show. So with ending with mastermind, I think is incredible, right? Like what that song means, right? Like she's, and if you listen to all the recording, she's referencing all the fact that, you know, that there's whole following around her that looks for Easter eggs and how she puts together the, um, little things like, you know, dressing in all blue the day she released the 1989 Taylor's version announcement. Um, all those things that, have become part of being a fan of Taylor Swift.
1: The uh, the depth of, like, the lore and the research that yes. can, like, help you understand what she's trying to tell us through clues. Yes.
0: Yeah. But then when she does it live, it takes on this meaning of this three-and-a-half-hour epic that you've just been through. Mm-hmm. That the logistics of which you cannot comprehend, <laughs> like, I planned all of this. I am the mastermind. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're mine is how the song ends, right? Yeah, And is. that you're in this concert and you just kind of have to agree and you're like yeah i'm yeah, yours <laughs> i get it you know
1: you can have me taylor
0: <laughs> and i think brilliant ending the concert on the song right like yeah. if you don't count the on i'm calling karma the encore because you know that's when she brings out the band she brings out the things and it's her the big single from midnight so it was yeah. really
1: funny for me when like I think you were asking, because you're trying to time your bathroom break. Yeah. And he asked me.
0: <laughs> is there an encore? Is there
1: an encore? And I'm like, the encore is the third hour <laughs> of the <Yeah>. fucking concert. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought I'd a, ask. It was a really funny question to me. Because yeah. I was like, C- clearly, no. There is no, there's no way she would have the energy for an encore, please. <laughs>
0: you know, I, I don't know. Maybe she planned for four.
1: Hey, hey, you're you're getting deep in the ranks of uh, being a Swifty fan because, mm-hmm. again, making unreasonable requests to <laughs> Swift is part of that. But couldn't we have, like, an encore after I, this three I and a half hour concert? <laughs> I don't
0: know what the mastermind pli- planned, okay? I just wanted to know when to go to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> you're like, please don't judge my poops. Yeah. <laughs> it was... <laughs> really funny for me though. Um uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, I, I like the chessboard imagery she did during Mastermind. And like Mastermind
0: wasn't a big single. So you would think she would end on a big single, but um Well
1: she did, like, right? Karma.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But even having Mastermind in the set at all, I think was interesting.
1: I think it's one of her favorite songs because yeah. like it is um it is very much a vibe. Also I really like the uh not just the themes of like Swifty fandom, uh, in this, but like I really like this song because it's also like uh, that feeling of like, I kind of had to plan some of the like flirting that I did with you, like as yeah. a person, like, because um, we're like sold this like lie growing up of like, oh, like some boy will want to like flirt with you and then you'll get into a relationship, yeah, right?
3: That's how it works. Some of
1: us have to work a little harder because some of us were interested in fucking introverts. Who wouldn't die? <laughs> so some of us had to do cryptic and Machiavellian things to to get noticed, um, and then to be like, date me, please. Like, yeah. come on, let's just skip the nonsense. So
0: It, it all worked out, didn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, if you're You know, I don't know what it's like to not date an introvert. Uh, You know, let us know in the comments. Uh, Did you have to be a mastermind? But I'm pretty sure that, like, it's, like, a a known thing for women where it's just, like, oh, we're expected to be on the receiving end of it a lot of the time, and it's just, like... Okay, but like we're kind of bored of waiting for y'all to make moves because yeah, men don't it's get like,
0: it. It happens both ways. I feel like where nobody's happy with this arrangement.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a lot of um, miscommunication, and like yeah. nobody ever actually like says like, "Hey, I like you. Let's just do this." Yeah.
0: Like on the guy <laughs> side, there's a bunch of them who are tired of that that we always have to make the first move and then same yeah. on the on like, but, one like one I, side. Like yeah.
1: when you flirt with a man, they don't get it, and you're just like, "Oh, what were they complaining about?" I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> that's always fun <laughs> to contemplate. Uh, anyway, but that's a, that's why I like the song
0: too. Just say what you want, people.
1: Says the introvert. <laughs> yeah,
0: because then I know, because I'm not going to know otherwise.
1: Oh, oh, so this is in service of you. Yeah. Okay, so if you're going to flirt with hey, him, I'm not the you only. You have to say it, okay? I'm
0: not the only introvert in the world. This is <laughs> okay. in service of all introverts. Other ones might not have a podcast, but I do.
1: <laughs> Such a weird, weird flavor <laughs> of introversion. Um, yeah, anyway, I can
0: talk as long as it's not live. I have to record it, edit it, and then put it out.
1: But he'd hate to talk to you in person. <laughs> that would be his worst text is preferred Text is preferred um better than that nothing (laughs) (laughs) don't email me (laughs) don't email me um karma is the last song uh we we did an episode on karma so check that out if you haven't um let's just
0: insert that episode here and then wrap it up quick
1: shout out to ourselves um that one's a really good one it's it's on the spotify but not on on youtube because we started youtube later yeah um that one we went deep into, so I'm not going to do it again. Yeah, I'll save you the the pain.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's a really good song. I really liked the... You know, we were talking about in the episode about, like, the circular rhythms to this song. like yes. And, like, just... The idea of it all connecting to like the idea of karma being a circular, like yeah, universal concept. Yeah, it all comes concept, back around. Yeah. Things coming back around and all that. Even the dancing in this, the choreography was circular. Yes. And I really appreciated seeing that because I was just like, oh, she's even her steps are like kind of bringing the imagery of like it comes back around and around and around.
3: Yeah.
1: I really like that one.
3: And
0: uh, you know, as the like the closer for this whole show, the fact that she's again like bejeweled, reaffirming you know she's earned all of this and this is her. Karma manifest that she gets to do this tour that's massively yes. successful in these giant stadiums at night after night, you know, yeah,
1: yeah, um, it was a beautiful one to end on, I think um, you know you'd asked about does she end at midnight? uh I did get texted by a friend who was like she she looked at her phone when we were leaving, mm-hmm. and apparently it was
0: close to midnight but I, it was I a, told you
1: when we were leaving when we were walking out, though, so it was like you know like maybe eleven forty five she ends.
0: ends the Midnight's era at midnight Because that. that's how you meet
2: her at midnight
1: She didn't She didn't do that This is insufferable <laughs> <laughs> For people on the audio version only uh, He's, he's uh, cheering himself on in a way I can't describe this
0: I am posing
1: You know like a ta-da pose? That's what he's doing I
0: am bejeweled Because I got this
1: So it seems like it's time to wrap up <laughs>
0: it's a little too much taylor
1: no it's a little too much you (laughs) (laughs) i don't think there's such a thing as too much taylor
0: and uh, if you're not tired of us yet keep listening to decomposition we're out every other week you can catch us on spotify apple google we are also on youtube and instagram at spud network podcast is the handle
1: yeah i'm gonna start releasing reels and i'm really excited about that so you know it's, a long time, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also I uh, just want to say this is the third and final episode for the Eras Tour um, yeah. like little mini-series we did. Uh, we did release these episodes uh, each week. like We did these weekly, but we're going to be going back to bi-weekly.
0: Yes, so we'll be back to every other week. We'll be back to doing our song and music analysis. But uh, we hope you enjoyed this little foyer.
1: Yeah, uh, thank you for listening, if you have up to this point, and uh, I really hope you enjoyed like hearing our uh, weird hot takes <laughs> on all the songs in the set list, mm-hmm. and uh, just a little more details on like how we experience them live. Um, we're probably going to do this if we see other uh, concerts live. We're going to also yeah. go see Hosier soon, uh, in a month or so, and we're going to probably do a little it won't take three episodes.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone else does. The no one else is gonna show. take three episodes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh we can we can do an episode on that one as well and uh yeah hopefully these are fun for you. As fun for you as they are
0: for us. Yeah. Keep it tuned. We're out every other week. Bye. Bye.